welcome back to Season 3, Episode 8 of Tiger Talk. We're your hosts. I'm Miller. I'm Carolyn. And I'm Sophia. We are East students at John Tyson Elementary in Springdale, Arkansas. As we mentioned in our first episode of this season, we will have something called a Tiger Trivia in every episode. Tiger Trivia is where we ask you a tricky trivia about tigers because tigers are our mascot. So, here's Dixie with today's Tiger Trivia. Hi guys, here's my Tiger Trivia. How old is a tiger when it leaves its mother? Ooh, that is a tricky one. What do you think the answer is, Sophia? I think 10 months. What do you think, Miller? I'll go with seven months. What's your guess, Carolyn? I think one year. Stay tuned to hear the answer at the end of today's episode. This season, we are helping parents learn ways to guide their kids toward personal success. Today, we will be focusing on E, which stands for empathy. This principle means that kids see others' perspectives, value the feelings of others, and appreciate diversity. The goal of this principle is for kids to recognize and appreciate similarities and differences in others from diverse backgrounds and to take the perspective of and have empathy for others. Today, we have Miss Faith Light, a fourth grade teacher at Crestwood Elementary in North Little Rock, Arkansas, here to talk to you about the E in Guide, which stands for empathy. Welcome to Tiger Talk, Miss White. Please tell us a little bit about yourself. Well, hi, I am... I am Miss White. I am a fourth grade literacy teacher in North Little Rock, Arkansas at Crestwood Elementary. I've been teaching fourth grade almost every year since 2009. I have a background in children's theater, and I come from Sheboygan, Wisconsin originally, but I live here with my family now. You were, rec- you were recommended as a guest for our podcast because of a bad day toolkit that you created with your students. Please tell us about this project and what happened as a result of it? Well, part of our reflection during the year as we are learning about how to be better humans is what to do on a bad day because bad days are inevitable. So what I have my students do is put together a digital collection of activities, uh, resources, um, even self-care, things that work for them because while, um, even if you think about a nap, if you suggest a nap to your parents, they, that might sound glorious. Oh, I wish I could take a nap. But do you really want to take a nap? No, not so much. So something that might help somebody on a bad day might not help someone else. So they make a bad day kit to then share with a loved one. And then that loved one will better know how to help them when they have those rough days. That is interesting. Being aware of other perspectives is the first step in having empathy. What tips do you have for parents who are trying to teach their kids about being aware of their of the perspectives of others? We teach our kids to talk from the very beginning, and we teach them the names for things. A lot of times we get kind of sloppy when we teach them how to name feelings. Being able to have a good emotional vocabulary is essential for being able to communicate feelings. If I don't know what you're feeling, I don't know how to help you with that feeling. So instead of just sticking with the basic happy, sad, mad, bad, being able to practice using other words. And it may be just downloading a list of words to use and introducing a new one every week, being able to tell the difference. Or if, uh, for example, one of your, if your kid is acting angry, um, they may also be embarrassed. There may be other feelings that are behind there. And if they can name those feelings, then we're better able to deal with those feelings. 
That sounds helpful. This principle encourages students to be socially aware of cultural differences. We have a very diverse school. Do you have any resources or advice for parents who are trying to teach their children about this? Well, thankfully, it, when the subject is humans, we have humans all around us. And just even people watching and looking for body language. You can go to a public space and just sit on a bench with your kid and watch as people pass and try and name the emotions based on what the way that they're moving, the way that their face looks. Practicing doing that in a safe setting it can be a really helpful practice tool and get them on the lookout for thinking about the way people act and to understand their feeling and not just based on what they say because what we say doesn't always match how we actually feel. The guide talks about being a collaborative team player. Why is it important for students to connect and with and work effectively with others? In my work with students, I found they really want to label people as good or bad, and that's very dangerous. If this person is good, then we assume that they should we hold them to too high of a standard, and then if we label someone as bad, we don't give them a, a chance. And so by working in groups, we can start to see and understand that it wasn't just a group of good or bad kids, just like somebody's not your best friend or your worst enemy. There's, there's a middle ground that most of us are really at, and, and learning to understand that will help us be more respectful and be able to see the good in everybody. In our East class, we collaborate with lots of people, and we have learned that it is important to cooperate and be respectful. Another part of empathy is valuing the feelings of others. Do you have any thoughts about why this is an important skill to teach your children? When you're young, you live in a bubble and you think the, you're the main character of your story, which you are, but you forget how your actions impact others. And being able to see how other people's actions impact you can then help you be able to see the reverse of how your actions impact others. It's a lot easier to be critical of others than of yourself, but as kids gain confidence, they're more willing to realize, oh, I kind of have made that mistake myself when they see it in someone else. And it may even be just sitting and watching TV and thinking about why did that character do that? Oh, when the character did that, how did it affect the people around them? So then it's not just, oh, you got in trouble at school today and now we're talking about all the things you did wrong. You can practice looking for those things in something that isn't directly related to them, but still connects. Lots of guides, how I get their skills, talk about listening. Why is listening an important part of empathy, and how can parents teach their kids to listen? First and foremost, parents have to model listening first. It's really easy for us, speaking as a parent, I have two kids, uh, we want to just jump into all the things that we want to say to them. If we can stop, and listen first, we're setting the standard. So then when it's their turn to listen to us, we've given them the opportunity to be heard. Because a lot of times when we act out, it's really a call for attention. We don't know what kind of attention we want, but sometimes maybe all we really needed was to be heard. That makes sure, you can make sure you're solving the right problems then if you're really listening. Those, those are good tips. The East students at our school have started a campaign to spread positivity. What is the best way you know to spread positivity? I think having a zoom in and a zoom out mentality is a good one. 
each day making it a goal to zoom in on one person, someone specific, and, and think about how, what you can do to impact an individual and then zoom out and say, what can I do to impact the whole group today? So it may be, um, uh, I like to dress funny. I wear silly things that make people smile. It can be waving at someone in the hallway. It can be being inclusive in lunchroom and just giving someone a chance. Nice. I like that. Okay. I bet you've been waiting for the tiger trivia answer. Remind us the question, Dixie. All right. The trivia question is, how old is a tiger when it leaves its mother? Do you have a guess, Miss White? I'm thinking like two years. I don't know for sure. Good guess. The answer is around two years of age and around half yeah. tiger cubs don't live beyond two years of age. That was a real brain teaser. That's really sad. I was not expecting that. Since our school mascot is a tiger, we roar at the end of every episode. What do you think, Miller? Should we share our best words with our listeners? Of course. Roar. Light to your ears, Sophia. Roar. Amazing. Okay, Soph. Okay, Carolyn, your turn. Roar. Great job. Let's hear yours, Dixie. Roar. What about you, Miss White? Roar. That was great. Thanks for joining us today, Miss White. We enjoyed talking with you. Tiger Talk Tiger Talk fans, we hope you have enjoyed this episode. This is the last episode in our series on Guide for Life, Five Skills for Personal Success. We hope you have enjoyed learning about how you can help your child experience personal success. If you missed an episode, we had guests discuss growth, understanding, interaction, decisions, and empathy. So go back and listen. Your kids will thank you. Up next, we will have our farewell episode for 2022. I'm sure that Miller and Carolyn have some funny stories and wisdom to share before they sign off as the host of Tiger Talk and go to middle school. Until next time, Tiger Talk to you later. Roar!